Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. A little shift in plans tonight. Chrissy Freud, Freud could not make it at the last minute, but don't worry. We got you covered. We'll talk quarterbacks in the NFL draft. And Ryan and I are going to do a little mock draft for you. So go grab your Lake Monster Brew and uh, enjoy the show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson, and tonight, as usual, co-host Ryan Ortega, producer Dave, and uh, like I mentioned in the, in the, the pre-show intro, uh, we were slated to have Chrissy Freud of NBC Sports Edge and the Draft Network join us this evening. Unfortunately, due to some weather uh, where she lives, uh, she's without power, so... Without power means no show. So we will make sure to reschedule with her so you guys can hear all she has to say about this quarterback class as we head into the NFL draft. But tonight, you're stuck with the usual, myself and Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good. You know, just wrapped up a little family movie night. Uh, what did we watch? Um, the game plan with the, the Dwayne The Rock. Johnson when he finds out he has a little girl um yeah yeah it was was good the kids liked it so it was nice little fun night and now I get to do the podcast drink some Lake Monster Brewery uh I got some rare species number one tonight so pretty excited about that it's it's delicious as always how about you I am I'm doing pretty good myself uh shifting in the plans it's really testing my hosting abilities tonight but uh I think I think we're going to be able to provide a good show still. So, and as far as my my Lake Monster beer uh, tonight, it is. Let's see if I can get it in the camera here. It's my my raspberry sour. Um, not a huge sour guy, but this is maybe one of my favorites. So, um, if you're in the Twin Cities area, and when the weather starts getting nice again, uh, get over to Lake Monster and, and try their raspberry sour. It's it's really refreshing. It's not too tart. Um, I'm definitely going to have to bring some of these out on the golf course when we go this summer, Ryan. So, yeah, that'd um, be great. It sounds like Dave? a thirst, thirst quencher versus a, uh, oh. uh, you know, sit back by the fire and smoke your pipe. It absolutely and, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smoke your pipe. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I could have more than one of them. Well, and, and this is a massive can, but, um, it's definitely good. It's definitely good. That's all a Ryan, matter of perspective. Uh, unrelated to to Lake Monster and the Vikings, uh, you went to the Twins game last week. How was that? I, I didn't really get to ask you how that was, and just curious what your thoughts were. Well, thanks to you, I got to go to the Twins game. Uh, so quick little story uh, for those listening. Uh, Matt uh, texts me like morning, morning, before the day before home opener, yeah. hey, I got four four tickets. If you're willing to to uh, you know take them on, I can't go anymore. And I'm like, sure. I mean, assuming they're just like upper deckers, just like not great seats, but you know, free Twins game, take the kids, you know, nice nice easy experience. And and uh, and we show up, and I'm like, oh, what, what's this section? You know, section four. <laughs> it's not even like 104. It's just four. And we, and we uh, walking down. And it's dugout seats, you know, where they got the 
the fancy separate concessions and bathrooms so you don't have to wait in line, all this stuff. So now my kids are going to expect that every time, which is an issue. Um, but <laughs> no, uh, the game was great. Unfortunately, it, it didn't end the way we wanted. I think I'm the bad luck charm because I actually went to uh, the first two games of, of the Seattle series, so home opener and next day, because um, we had a birthday party. Uh, one of my friends had a birthday. His name's Jeff. Uh, Jeff's birthday, uh, we went to the game. And uh, we lost by one in both of those games. And then the very next game I don't go to, um, we win by like three or four. So maybe I shouldn't be um, – I, I definitely shouldn't be going to those games. But, no, had a blast. Got to see the players right in front of us. My son got a game ball uh, that was caught and thrown oh. into the crowd. So, um, you know, really good experience. Again, thank you again, Matt, for the generosity of, of hooking me up with those tickets. And, um, yeah, if you guys haven't had a chance to, go check out Target Field. Phenomenal phenomenal stadium out there it's just great to be outside in decent weather so absolutely well let's let's shift gears here um and and quickly touch on the quarterback so uh, like i stated earlier chrissy was supposed to be on here to to really help tell us all about the quarterbacks in this nfl uh draft upcoming in in just what 16 days it's it's not far away at all um two weeks so let's talk about them this round one I know the, yeah, I know the Vikings likely uh, will not take a top quarterback. I I, I would be shocked personally uh, if they took somebody that high. Uh, but it doesn't do any harm to let the guests know about these guys in the upcoming draft. We've heard about some of the names, and Ryan, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it to you here, um, and, and you could take it any direction you want. But some of the names we've heard about consistently: uh, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett. Uh, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, and Desmond Ritter. Uh, Those are some of the top names that at least I've heard of. And so I'm going to kind of rely on your expertise here uh, to kind of fill the the fans in on these top quarterbacks. And then when you're done, we'll head over and do a quick Vikings mock draft to wrap up the show. Yeah, sounds great. And and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say my expertise is anywhere along uh, the lines of Chrissy's expertise. You know, she does this for a living and, and uh, does a great job. So uh, I'll do my best. So, um, you know, taking a look at the quarterback class, obviously, this is viewed as a relatively weak class compared to, you know, what some of the classes that we've seen in the in the past. Actually, it's kind of funny there. Um, they're almost kind of comparing it back to the, I think, 2018 class where it had uh, the Baker Mayfield class. Now, uh, obviously Baker went number one that year. And then I think we had, uh, you know, Josh Allen go in the top, top 10, uh, Rosen, I think went number 10, I believe, uh, Sam Darnold and, and then Lamar Jackson all the way at 32. Right. So, you know, there are some good quarterbacks that came out of the class, a couple busts, um, one middle of the road guy in Baker Mayfield. So, when you take a look at this class, I, I'm not sure because of the the bust factor. I think that happened in that class, and just the fact that some of these top picking teams don't necessarily have a major need in the in the um, you know at quarterback position. It, it's kind of tough to to say that you're going to have a quarterback go number one. Now the 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 one quarterback that could go as high as number two because the Lions do have that you know, need for the long term. They have Jared Goff. Obviously he beat us last year in a game, but outside of that, you know, he's not much of a much to write home about miles. Get out of here with the Baker slander. Um, 
we, uh, you know, Malik Willis is probably the, the top quarterback in this class. What separates him, I think, from the rest of this class is just his pure athleticism and, and just pure talent with the football. Um, he, he's a guy, he's not a bit overly large guy, like 6'1", uh, but he's kind of built like a, like a running not like a running back. I don't like to say running back because I don't want to com- say he needs to move to a running back, right? But like he, he's kind of built like one, right? Where he can scramble, he can move, he can make people miss, and he has a rocket of an arm. So what's great about that is there's a lot of tools to work with. So he's going to be more of a projection than he is going to be a day one guy. You want to put him in a situation where he can sit he can learn the nuances of the game because if you watch his tape at Liberty over the last couple of years, there's a lot of wild plays, a lot of plays that remind you of a, a Lamar Jackson or a Kyler Murray where he's out there, he's scrambling and he's moving and he just lets that ball go. And it's just flying down the field and, you know, the receiver makes a, a good play on the ball. Right. Um, he also has a lot of boneheaded plays. So being able to kind of slow that game down a little bit for him and allow him to kind of, take the game as it comes to him a bit, um, I think it's going to serve him well. So having an opportunity to go to a team like the Lions, um, who have an established quarterback who doesn't have all that athleticism, all those tools, but does have the brains to be a quality quarterback in the NFL, he could probably learn quite quite well behind a guy like that. Um, I think I saw somebody on here, uh, Kenny Pickett is, is Christian Ponder without the hot wife. That's, that's pretty funny. Um, you I know, got a question about th- that. That's kind of, is he yeah, like ahead. Russell was when Russell was drafted, he came in and he sat because the Seattle Seahawks had just signed, uh, Brett Favre's backup for Matt, forever. Matt Flynn. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then he turns into that, you know, a little bit of time to learn this stuff. Well, actually, what happened with Russ? Yeah, yeah. What what actually happened with Russ is he didn't sit. He he was ready to roll day day one. He actually was a um, day one starter for that Seahawks team that year. He which which is funny because Flynn just got this big contract. They go and draft Russell Wilson in the third round, and then he just overtook the job in in the offseason programs and training camp and was able to to win that. Now a bunch of money. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad contract for Matt Flynn in in retrospect. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, so Malik, I mean, sure, could he do that? Yeah, maybe. But you know, Russell Wilson's body of work in college, um, I think, was a little bit more polished. Um, He he ran a system at um, at Wisconsin his final year, and then at NC State the the years prior to that, where it was a little bit more, I, I think, structured for him to to make the plays in structure. And he had the, I think more of the mental aspect of the game a little bit more tidied up than what I think Malik Willis has now um, to, to come in and, and be a day one starter. Now, could Malik do that? I, I don't, I'm not in this guy's brain. I I'm not in the, the, the meeting rooms. I'm not sitting there in film sessions, seeing what he sees. He might have all of that buttoned up. Absolutely. But again, just watching the plays that he made at Liberty. And again, we got to take that with a grain of salt too. He doesn't have elite talent around him like he will in the NFL. He also wasn't going against elite talent like he will in the NFL. So there, it's a double-edged sword where, you know, if maybe if he had better talent around him, maybe had he stayed at his original program, which I'm drawing a blank. I think it was Georgia, Georgia, Alabama. He was one of those Southern schools. Um, 
yeah. had he stayed there and maybe tried to win the job from whoever was was there, um, maybe he would have had an opportunity to kind of showcase things and solidify himself for sure as a day one, uh, or I'm sorry, number one pick. So uh, Auburn, thanks, Mateo. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. So ho- hopefully he comes in and does well. And and again, Matt, I, I kind of want to kick this back to you a little bit. So obviously we're trying to link this, and, and we'll get into some of the other quarterbacks here in a minute, but. We're trying to link this to the Vikings as well. And as you kind of alluded to, it's likely not going to happen that we're going to take a quarterback early, especially a guy like Malik Willis who likely just won't make it to 12. Or if he does, I don't know if we're in a position to take him at that point in time. Um, What are some of the things that you think your next quarterback, say Kirk Cousins finishes his contract here, he doesn't get his wish to retire Viking, and, and we take a guy, what are some of the things that you want in your next quarterback? And then we can kind of segue that into the next prospect. Yeah, I think I think for me, something that, that really stands out in a quarterback is not necessarily on the field. And it, it's, it's more so leadership. Um, I, I know that Viking fans in the past have, you know, kind of trashed Teddy Bridgewater when he left. And that's fair, you know. I probably expected maybe a little bit more out of Teddy in his tenure here. Who knows what happens if he doesn't get hurt. But there's one thing about Teddy that everybody that's played with him will say in that he's a leader of men and people will gather behind him and follow his lead wherever, like when he's at the helm, I don't think there's a player on roster that doesn't believe that he can make it happen. Um, and so that's kind of what I look for from a personality standpoint in, in some of my quarterbacks. Um, I just want to see that fight. Stafford gets a lot of shit sometimes as well for that, or at least he did back in Detroit. But that grit and that fight, uh, which also can lead to on-the-field impro- improvisation as well, um, those are things that I really look for in a quarterback. Um when we're moving on from Kirk, whenever that is, hell, he did just say he wants to retire a Viking. So we might be with him for six years for all we know here. Um, but whenever that next quarterback steps in, uh, I want them to be, I mean, not dual threat isn't maybe the right word, but Patrick, when I think about a great quarterback, I, I always go back to Patrick Mahomes because he's not the speediest guy, but he's elusive in the pocket. He can move around. Um, and he's very intelligent, um, got a really strong arm. You just, I, I know it's, it's, it's a very like basic quarterback, like this is what I want. But I, I, I want all those traits that I see from Patrick Mahomes. Like everybody on the Chiefs believes in that guy. Even Joe Burrow has it. You know, when you see these successful quarterbacks winning in the NFL, uh, especially Super Bowls, there's something about them. And that's why, you know, teams – you know, like the Bengals supported Joe Burrow, uh, the Chiefs, you know, even for a, a hot spell there, I'll, I'll give you this. Um, Baker Mayfield, for, for a glimpse of time there, that team rallied behind him for a little bit. This last year, I think, got, got away from him. But um, yeah. does that answer your question? I, I think it does, yeah. And, and they kind of, again, I was hoping it would help segue into maybe some of these other prospects, and, and it fits beautifully. So the next guy I wanted to talk about was Matt Corral. So yes, you're not hearing I've, a ton I've of buzz. I very like that. Yeah, as I was say, you're not hearing a ton of buzz about him right now because he wanted to gut out the um, 
you know, a relatively meaningless bowl game. I mean, obviously, you know, it's it, he's a competitor. He's a feisty competitor. He wants to be there for his team. And that goes into the leadership aspect. Now, was it probably the best decision for his career? I don't know, right? I mean, he, he played a relatively meaningless game. They weren't going to sit there and win the national championship due to that game. And uh, he went out and I think second quarter, he, he gets hurt. Um, now it wasn't a long-term injury it's a high ankle sprain, I believe. So, you know, nothing that's going to be debilitating for the rest of his career, like a potential shoulder or an Achilles or an, even an ACL. Um, it's relatively mild, but what it has done is it's uh, prevented him from being able to really take part in this whole draft process. So when you, uh, when you, when you, when you look at some of these quarterbacks, you're hearing Malik Willis wowing at his pro day and wowing at the combine and, uh, even Carson strong with some just dimes at the combine. Right. Um, and you're hearing about all these other quarterbacks. You're not hearing about Matt Corral. So he's kind of the guy that's going a little under the radar and what he does bring, um, is that leadership. Um, he's that guy. And again, I don't like comparing people to people necessarily because I don't necessarily think that's fair from a prospect perspective uh, because especially the recency bias, but you're looking at Matt Corral, you kind of see a little bit of feistiness in him like you saw out of Baker Mayfield. Similar build, similar style. I think Corral's a little bit more athletic. I think he has that uh, a little bit more scramble ability than you would see out of Baker. Um, But again, without seeing some of those numbers, I don't think he was going to the test out of the off the charts at the combine like a Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis so um but what he does bring is he brings that leadership he he brings that rally mentality and he brings that gunslinger mentality um you had mentioned a guy who's elusive he's elusive in the pocket but he's not like this out of world athlete he is willing to make the big throws he's willing to make the Matt Stafford no look pass across the middle of the Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl throw right um and and he's willing to take those shots where again for better or for worse you know you take a look at a guy like Kirk Cousins you know you, you love to see the fact that he has that low interception rate and and he's doing that intentionally because he's very calculated with how he throws that football. He's not taking uh, chances, and for better or for worse, right? I mean, it, it keeps us from you know setting our defense up with poor field position a lot of times with you know more interceptions, but it also prevents us from maybe making a, a one to two, three, four plays in the process of a game that could be game changing plays, especially when you have a guy like Justin Jefferson who can beat one-on-one or can make a play over a corner and and really uh, come down with that. So Matt Corral is a guy that's going to give your receivers that chance. Um, Does he have uh, the arm of a, of a Carson Strong or Malik Willis? No, he doesn't. But does he have enough juice to get it there? Absolutely. Um, and, And he faced some of the best competition and he only got better throughout his college career. Um, And even when he lost his best weapons i mean he lost elijah moore last year and obviously we saw what elijah moore can do in the nfl he he did great last year as especially in the second half of the year when he was uh, healthy um losing a big weapon like that is very detrimental to to a guy and it wasn't for corral he was able to mitigate that and and work around that did you guys watch hold on did you guys watch monday on the tyler forno the real forno show with thor nystrom Yep. Thor, I watched parts of it. Thor says Matt Corral and Malik Willis, out of the whole draft class of quarterbacks that he's evaluated, this whole class, Matt Corral and Malik 
have the the highest upside and both could be top 10 quarterbacks within a couple years. They have that ability. Unlike some of the other ones that are high up and will maybe go before Corral, obviously, um, yeah. that don't and were made by their receivers versus the quarterback making the receivers. Making so the player, yeah. I and, actually, and I agree with that. I, I was actually listening to uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's. They do a, a draft podcast, which I, I would recommend if, if people want to listen to more uh, draft prospect coverage. Uh, but they they were talking about Matt Corral uh, in in their latest episode, uh, kind of calling out a lot of the same things you did as far as his leadership um, skills here. But it was interesting, Dave. You just mentioned Malik Willis and in Corral kind of being, you know, having the the higher of the ceilings of this quarterback class. Um, but I feel like this benefits Corral more than it benefits Willis and. The reason that I say that is a lot of people, when they talk about Matt Corral, it's it's just expected that he's probably going to sit behind somebody. I don't think he's going to be thrust into a, a starting role, whereas Malik Willis will. So it'll be really interesting to watch these two as they get drafted, especially figuring out where they get drafted, because Matt Corral is someone that, just based on the, the, the brief things I've read about him, he would actually be a really good prospect for the Vikings to try and try and draft to sit behind Kirk. Uh, coincidentally, I know we talked like, yeah, they're probably not going to take a quarterback, but Corral could be that guy. And I think Kevin O'Connell could work wonders with him um, to just sit there and try and mold him, learn behind Kirk cousins for a year, year and a half, whatever that is. And, He's got the leadership element that I just talked about that I want my quarterback, the mobility, decent arm. He's an accurate thrower. Um, so I think sometimes some of the critiques I've seen is his confidence can, can kind of waver, um, you know, if he can't get in a rhythm early. But what do you think about Matt Corral maybe for the Vikings in like the second yeah, I mean, if he can fall that far, which, I mean, that that would be fantastic. I've done a couple of just random mocks, you know. I send some to you, Matt, uh, from time to time, like just <laughs> went aboard. Yes. And and there's a, oftentimes where, you know, you have a trade-back scenario where you have the ability to move back and, and maybe gain an extra second. And, you know, with, with that, you know, first or second pick in the second round, if he's there, I usually do take him because – um, again, I, I, I'm a believer, you know, I, I still have Malik Willis as my number one quarterback in this class, just given, I'm not even sure he'll be better <laughs> than Matt Corral, but just the upside of, of Matt Corral or of Malik Willis just is better to me, um, overall, but I think the floor is lower than Corral. So, uh, when you look at Corral, it, it, it's great. Now I think, uh, Tim, Tim had asked, you know, slender build, will that hold up in the NFL? Again, it's all about the team he goes to, how they leverage that athleticism, how willingness he is to be able to take hits. I mean, you take a look at a guy like um, even like Drew Brees. Drew Brees wasn't a very big guy. He was pretty slender himself. And he was, I mean, obviously he had that shoulder injury that, you know, pushed him from the Chargers to the Saints. But he stayed relatively healthy throughout his whole career. Smaller guy, right? Um, You know, you look even at like Lamar Jackson. He's much taller, but he's also just a twig but he's able to you know know when to kind of you know 
slide, know when to run out of bounds, and and know how to take care of himself so he isn't um, you know knocking himself out of games because he's trying to play hero ball. So um, I, I think if, if you have a good coaching staff who plays around his strengths, have a good offensive line that's able to kind of help navigate through that as well, and again, making sound decisions like sliding when you're supposed to. I mean, Russell Wilson has made a, a career out of being healthy. I mean, this, last year was the first game he ever missed. Um, and that was a hand thing. And, and, uh, he's again, not a big guy, uh, but he just was always smart sliding when he needed to and whatnot. Um, so, you know, it, it all depends on his mentality when he's, what, what he ends up doing there. CBS um, lists him at six foot two, two twelve. Yeah. Two twelve. Where Malik is six one, two nineteen. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna say, I think, I think I thought Corral was six one, but again, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, um, that, you know, I'll have to take a look at the combine measurements or, or his pro day measurements, I should say. But, um, but yeah, regardless, I think he can hold up. So next quarterback on this list is another guy I think you would like, Matt. And I'm sure okay. you read a little bit. Uh, and again, this I'm just going in order of what I like. Again, I'm no professional. I'm not Jordan Reed. I'm not Mel Kuyper. I'm not Tom McShay. So, uh, you know, I, I can't sit what? here and say I'm a professional in this. But this is what I like to One see in my I'll- quarterbacks. One thing I'll say before you continue there is we're just going to cover these top ones, but for for fans kind of wanting to hear about some later ones, we did have Thor Nystrom on a couple of weeks ago, and he did touch on uh, a few guys. If you want to go back, uh, EJ Perry, uh, Bailey, is it Zap or Zappy? Is, I don't know how you say Zap, his last Zappy, name. Yeah, yeah. And then, everybody's uh, called Caleb him Zappy. Well, so uh, if, if you want to hear about those guys, head back to the episode about two weeks ago. Uh, around the end of the episode, and, and you can hear Thor kind of talk about that. But yeah, Ryan, hit us with like uh, Howell and Ritter and Pickett here. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm actually a pretty big fan of Ritter as well. I know you know the the community is a little split on him because he has a ton of reps. Um, this is kind of the same knock, I guess, so to speak, that Kellen Mond did, where Kellen never really truly progressed beyond the the expectation that he came in with and we drafted him based on tools, which I was a big fan of. I wanted a a toolsy prospect to, to go forward with. And, um, and, and and clearly at least at this point, it's, it hasn't worked out. No big deal where Ritter, where I'm going to say he uh, is a bit different is his mechanics are significantly stronger than what Kellen Mons were. I also think he's a big, uh, a, a bit, um, more athletic than Kellen Mond is. So he, you're getting a big quarterback, uh, a taller prospect. I think he's like 6'4", 6'5". Um, and he uh, – or I think – no, yeah, 6'3", 6'4", I should say. And um, and he's fast. I mean, I think at the combine he ran like in the 4'5", four, 4'4", four, four range. So um, you're, you're getting a relatively athletic guy. Now, Cincinnati didn't overly overuse that – skill set of his like obviously did they have designated runs for him yes but he wasn't Michael Vick out there he wasn't uh, Lamar Jackson back in college um, or even Kyler Murray back in college he, they they kind of picked and choose when they ran the, those quarterback designated plays and he was more of a kind of a field general now one of the biggest knocks on him is his accuracy never really truly improved throughout. I mean, they, it did, but like to a point where you're really, really comfortable taking this guy high in the first round, because you look at the prospect, big guy, big body, 
um, you know, senior, uh, retro senior. He, he's a guy that has a lot of reps, a lot of leadership. You know, his teammates absolutely love him. He came back for his final year of eligibility just to try to go and win a championship or get his team on the map, which he did. He took his team to the, 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 the college football playoff. And this is a non uh, power five conference, right? So, um, that's a quite an accomplishment for a guy like that. Um, so yeah, he, he checked all the boxes, but what you're seeing in his game is that he, if it's, if, if the play is not there, he doesn't have the, in my opinion, based on what I've seen, he has, he doesn't have the ability to really like throw his guy open. Like his anticipation isn't quite elite. Like some of these other guys even have, and he, his willingness to sometimes even make those plays, uh, you know, versus like a tuck and run is just a little different. So I, you know, I look at a guy like him and I say, I love him as a prospect. Um, he would be more of like a late round one, early round two kind of guy. Another guy that if he fell to the Vikings in the second round, I wouldn't be upset if we decided to take a chance on him long term and 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 see what he could do with a year of sitting or a year or two of sitting behind Kirk Cousins. Um, I think he brings a level to this game where you're getting um, you know a quarterback who knows how to read a defense, who knows how to run a pro style offense. He's actually probably a little bit more pro-ready than most of the quarterbacks, actually, in my opinion, than all of the quarterbacks. Um, maybe Kenny Pickett is more pro-ready, but I, I think Ritter would be that. Um, but, again, you have that concern around you have a lot of reps and you didn't necessarily become this elite guy. You didn't become the bona fide number one quarterback. What? Where? Where is this kind of issue here? So, um, but I'm a big fan. Uh, I know Ma- uh, Miles is a big fan as well. Uh, Tyler of uh, Climbing the Pocket, he doesn't love him as much. So again, I think it's kind of based on what you like and out of your prospects. And and t- to Tyler's credit, he was spot on with mine at least up to this point. And um, so so maybe there's something there. Uh, but at the same point, um, I'm willing to take a risk on, especially on a guy like that who's got some of those um, athletic traits that you can't coach. So, um, you know, we'll see how that career turns out. And he definitely could be a possibility in round two if uh, some other guys decide that, you know, he's not worthy of that first round pick. So, um, I just want to pause here real quick. Uh, if, if you're just tuning in, uh, apologies for the misleading headline here tonight, but Chrissy Freud is not able to join us, uh, but we will work diligently to get her back. And if you're here tonight with us and want to continue to stick around, Ryan's going to hit on maybe one more quarterback here, and then we'll shift over and do a mock draft for the Vikings. So thank you to everybody who's in the chat this evening. Uh, we're going to need your help on that mock draft, so stay active on those keyboards while I quickly remind you that if you're looking for a great beer and a great time to head on over to Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota, because they make unique versions of classic beer styles, putting their own subtle twist on the flavors that craft beer drinkers have come to love. Ranging, ranging from esoteric to approachable, subtle to over the top, their beers adhere to the philosophy that there's always more to be discovered. Ryan, hit us with that last quarterback. We'll switch the screen and we'll do the mock draft perfect perfect so uh just quick in the in the chat here uh dan uh of course i love brian awesome oh, why wouldn't i he went to oklahoma but he is i think he is one of those true three down linebackers that if you um 
hopefully he would last to the third round. And if we wanted to use our third round pick on him, uh, he would be a good guy to kind of have in, in the waiting behind, um, behind, uh, you know, Jordan Hicks, who only signed a one year deal, I believe. So he would be kind of that next guy up mentality. Um, either if somebody got hurt or which, you know, Kendricks has gotten hurt a couple of times since the last couple of years. Um, or if we do not resign like a Jordan Hicks type guy, he would be able to take over. Uh, back to quarterbacks here. Um, I'm going to actually rip through three because there are three more big ones, but I'm going to do it much quicker. Um, you, you mentioned the names, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, and Carson Strong. All three of them, I'm very blah on. I, I don't see the intrigue with Kenny Pickett as much as other people do. Um, I think that he, you have a redshirt senior who's a very old prospect, right, who you know did really well his senior year, but I don't see the Joe Burrow trajectory that Joe Burrow took with being kind of a somewhat no name, then all of a sudden ascending. Now, granted, did he have the help of one of the best college football teams of all time? Absolutely. But you're also seeing the fact that he's backing that up in the pros, um, taking his team to a Super Bowl in his what second year, third year, uh, second year. Yeah. So um, I don't see that for Kenny Pickett. I don't see the arm strength there. Um, and I don't see the, uh, I, I do like his um, ability to kind of, navigate a pocket and move around but i just i i don't know there's just this it factor about it that i'm just not seeing with him um he's he's has moments of inaccuracy he has moments of unwillingness to make the plays that need to be made in in the time so we uh I, i just not a huge fan sam howell i think sam howell is a product of being around some really good weapons in college his uh, not this year but the year before and uh you know having diami brown having um daz newsome and then some really good running backs in uh javante williams and michael carter um at north at north carolina that allowed him to look really really good um you saw this year his some of his passing numbers went down his rushing actually went up i mean i think he ran for like a thousand yards this year so you know you have this kind of dual threat type quarterback but not overly athletic i don't think that that's going to translate to the nfl as well and again there's no it factor for him there's no like wow uh throws that i that i see like on a consistent basis i don't think that arm talent is elite um he is pretty accurate with the ball at times but uh, again i i just don't get it with him either i'm not a big fan and then carson strong i think joe shea had put it out there that um you know, you talk to Tyler and, and, and he's going to be the next Dan Marino. And uh, sure, I mean, I guess like the upside, if, if, if like everything works to plan, you have a Dan Marino type. I, I don't see it. Um, again, you have just a howitzer of an arm, which is fantastic. I mean, you know, you want a tool like that because arm strength is very important in the NFL. And, and accuracy-wise, he is pretty accurate for the most yeah, part. Um, again, uh, what do you say? I said Jamarcus Russell had an arm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like you have guys with big arms that can make it, and you have guys with big arms that can't. Um, I'm seeing more of a Ryan Mallett type of player than I'm seeing a Dan Marino. Um, but again, I've been wrong before. Um, I, I think that you know he doesn't play the strongest competition. He does 
doesn't have the greatest weapons, but you know, he's got a couple guys that'll get drafted this year that he's been thrown to for the last few years. Um, and I guess it is a little disingenuous for me to say that I don't love him because again, he played all year with a hurt leg and I'm sitting here defending Baker Mayfield, um, who, you know, <laughs> played all year with, uh, with, uh, with basically one shoulder and, and I'm making that excuse for him. So, you know, who knows, you know, he might be able to impress in the, um, in the pros, but I definitely think he's going to be a guy that you probably want to, um, sit and you know let him kind of learn behind a, a seasoned veteran so you know he would actually be a great um opportunity i think for uh a team like uh, a team that likes to go downfield with the ball a bit um and and have like um you know that style of offense maybe like the lions i i don't know exactly how they're going to want to shape their offense just because i think they're limited with what jared goff can do because he doesn't have those yeah. tools but if you have if you have a team like that with a good offensive line like they do you might be able to have strong actually be able to produce if they can get some weapons there so um yeah i, I that's it really for the quarterback prospects that i have all right well let's shift over then uh, with the help of our, our folks watching in the chat, uh, let's do a little, uh, I think, what did Joe call it? Joseph in the chat, Mock It Wednesday, or Vikings Jerome. Uh, we're calling it Mock It Wednesday. So kind of going out on a limb here. We've, we we haven't really done this. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to do five rounds? Can we trade uh, in this one, Dave? Yes. Okay. Should we do three or four? Three is probably fine. Hopefully, we can get some Three trade backs. Is, that makes sense. Yeah. Three. Let's do yeah, three. Hopefully, we can get some trade backs. That makes sense. So, we don't have to worry about only making three picks, but we'll see. All right. All right. Well, let's let's fire it up here. And, and honestly, if you guys are in the chat here, we'd love to kind of get your input here. Uh, we'll. Uh, we'll talk about some of the options that are there. We'll kind of see what people are thinking. You know, more than likely, we'll kind of go with what you're thinking, unless I'm like very headstrong that we shouldn't. So, um, oh, and, oh man, I forgot about the fact that when we did this, I could never see what those trades were. Oh, hold um, on, <laughs> I'll blow it up. No, you're better. You, you're more seasoned than this now, Dave. Yes, you're, I am. You, know, you, you do a good job. All so right. I'm gonna so be getting honest a right force here. back. I'm, I'm not doing that deal. So the offer is yeah, the Saints are offering a first, their first pick, number 16, and their fourth round pick, 120, for the Vikings' first pick. That's a no for me. And usually yeah, the first one they show is the best one. Uh-oh. Gross. Next no. one's from the Texans. I mean, it's yeah. a first no. and a six. So this one intrigues me a little bit. Yeah, you'd you'd hope to get so, uh, you'd hope to get you know a second back for moving right. back that far. I mean, I, I'm not looking at the charts here at the moment, but um, I think if you're looking at a value with going back into the 20s, you should be getting a a second back in that situation. Um, but I guess they're giving a third and a six. Um, I know it's completely up to you, Matt. I mean, what what are folks I, saying? <laughs> Joe, I agree. Benito, Winfrey, Asamoah, <laughs> call it a day. Let's get all of you here, but. Um, Dave, I, I'm not sure who's is even possible? available. Is, yeah, is it possible to see who's on the board? No, that's what I think if, about this. I, well, I think if you okay. hit counter, Dave, if you hit okay. counter down below, I 
And then you can minimize this screen specifically. And, and when we, if we decide to go back to this deal, you can actually hit accept. But if you minimize it with the hide button up there, uh-huh. we can actually see who's on the board. So it looks all like right, Garrett Wilson's right. gone. He's a quarterback that a lot of people like. Jermaine Johnson's gone. Or uh, Jermaine Johnson's gone. Obviously, Sauce Gardner, which for everyone listening, that's who you're going to want. <laughs> I feel like Sauce Gardner is just the cream of the crop cornerback of this class. But it doesn't look like they took any of the other corners. So you have Derek Stingley. You have Andrew Booth. Yeah. You have um, uh, Trent McDuffie. Those are kind of the next three corners. If you're listening to We're Thor good. Nystrom, he is not a fan of Stingley. Um, if you're listening to Ryan Ortega, I am a fan of Stingley. Um, so, you know, th- there's some good prospects there. Let's see what the folks are saying. We're, yeah, we're getting yeah, some mixed like reviews Stingley. here. So every, fire it off in the chat if you want to trade, if you want to take Stingley, if you want to take somebody else. Uh, we'll give you a minute here to just kind of fire away, and, and we'll do the most popular. But, um, oh, we're getting so Jordan to Davis talk about a vote here. Yeah, Jordan Davis. I think that's a uh, – who's um, – is it Vikings Jerome? I think Vikings Jerome is all about Jordan Davis. I've seen him and on the mock or on Tyler the For, the Real Forno show on Mondays. I've seen him on uh, the 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 Tuesday show. I'm drawing a blank because I'm I, I had a couple beers before this too, so I'm getting a little swirly <laughs> here. But in the huddle, there we go. Um, that he he's a big fan of Davis. Um, obviously, you look at a, a Davis like. He's a great talent, clearly tested off the yeah. charts. I think he was a game wrecker at Georgia. Uh, but when you look at, again, you, you want to take the best player available. I mean, that's ideally what you're going to do. Um, Davis is a luxury pick at this point in time. Now, could we use another D tackle? He's probably more of like a nose. Yeah, I mean, we, we could. I would love to get more of like a penetrating kind of three-tech style D tackle, um, like a Perion Winfrey. Um, in a later round, but um, but Jordan Davis can kind of do all of that anyway, uh, but just at a bigger size, so uh, and much stronger and better in the run game. So like that's great, but at the same time, like we have Harrison Phillips, we have um, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Armand Watts has played well, um, uh, Lynch has played relatively well in limited reps. So, like, yeah. it, it would be more of a luxury pick when you have a guy like Stingley. You have Drake London uh, and Chris Olave at wide receiver available. Both just really good talents at that position. Jamison Williams. Um, receiver's going to be a need at some point. I know we all love Thielen and hope he can play forever, but the, the, the reality is, is he's getting older. He's getting more injury prone. Yeah. That contract is getting more expensive. So thinking of his replacement down the road isn't a bad idea. Um, who else do we have? Zion Johnson. He's a uh, he's uh, I think listed as a guard here. Has guard tackle center flexibility. I mean, granted, you don't want to spend that high of a pick on a, on off interior offensive lineman, but wow, I, I'm a big fan of his too. I think the fans have spoken, and I think we're going to stay at twelve and take Derek Stingley okay. Jr. Pair him up with Pat P. Justin Jefferson his former coach at LSU. Um, it's, it's, it's a match made in heaven if he falls to 12, in my opinion, and it solidifies yeah. kind of your cornerback spot. So uh, Makes too much sense. Yeah. 
Jets are trying to get us to trade up uh, um, by giving a two and a five to move up about eight spots. That's not horrible. Uh, it's not horrible. I just don't think we're in a position in this year's draft to really may- be making moves up unless um, you have a guy that you know is falling that is just an elite talent. Again, I haven't been watching the board too closely, but for the sake of the exercise, I say we stick where we are. Yeah, let's. We'll just say no to trades tonight. We'll just we'll go for our position. Ooh, Kyler Gordon, that's a, uh, a cornerback prospect I really like this year. Um, All right, George Pickett. So we're sitting here with Matt Corral there at the <laughs> at the forty eighth pick. After we just talked about a perfect scenario, See, that's what of happened landing on here. Monday. And Thor was no, you gotta take Corral at this. It's the highest value at this point. Yes. This is exactly what happened on Monday. Corral dropped around two for us. Well, we don't want to do the same thing that the guys on Monday did. Well, they didn't that, pick that's I'm trying to remember who they picked in the first. They did not take Stingley because neither one of them liked Stingley at all. So they picked um, I McDuffie in the first. Ooh, okay. <laughs> That checks out. That checks out. Uh huh. Um, so we're sitting here, and again, we're gonna look at we're gonna look at what the what, what the listeners are are interested in here. Dave, are we at the top of the availability list? Yeah. Nope. It's not sometimes it. Um, sometimes it kind of messes up on us a little. Yeah. So we're again, at the guys, top of it. So fire out who you want us to take. So, again, to, to just let, fire off a couple names here, obviously Matt Corral sounds like a great pick. I'm staying away from Howell if Corral's there. Um, DeMarvin Leal at one time was considered a top 10 pick. His play this year just kind of – not necessarily fell off, but he didn't make um, enough – he, he struggled with consistency this year, I should say. So um, he's kind of fallen a bit, but you're getting a top 10 talent with – out top 10 production. So uh, you, you would have, you got to take him thinking that you're going to be able to achieve his potential. Uh, Petre at safety. Um, he played a lot. He basically was a nickel corner this year, but he, you know, Baylor's defense is a little goofy in that sense. Um, I'm a big fan I'm, of his. He's one of my guys. I was listening to PFF today. Uh, this morning. I don't remember which of their podcasts. They think Petre is going to be the best nickel corner in the league. He has and should be yeah, drafted as such. They may call him a safety. Yeah, he's but very, he says very good. he is primarily a nickel safe or a nickel corner, and he plays it fantastic out of college. And they think that is a huge jump or a huge advantage coming to the NFL because he already plays it so well that he will be golden. Once he gets the NFL and get and gets the additional coaching, that he will be good to start and become great at nickel. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I agree with all that. Um, so, what are folks saying here? So, we got somebody asking for Ritter. I think Ritter's gone. Um, we got Petre Walker or Corral Walker. Oh, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I I, I like the idea. If we decided to trade Dalvin Cook during the draft and take Kenneth Walker, that'd be fine. I, there's some other running backs that I probably like as good, if not more, in that situation. Um, Quay Walker, again, linebacker is a need at some point here, and, and he's a heck of a player, so I wouldn't be upset about that. 
Matt Corral All Day by Joe Shea. Uh, Petre is used like Honey Badger at LSU. So, yeah, we, we have a couple different good options here. Matt, what are you thinking? What, what position do you think that you want to go with? I mean, obviously we talked quarterbacks today, but, um, you know, what's the next position of need? We just uh, took a corner. I know it's it's tough, and I don't want to do what the guys on Monday did and, and take Corral here, even though if I was the Vikings, I probably would pull this trigger. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at, uh, at Quay Walker. Um, there's not much from a linebacker perspective that the Vikings have in the future, I would say. I mean, Eric Kendricks is getting up there. He's still good. One of my favorite players on that, on that Vikings defense. Um, but having a young guy who could step in, play, um, be a dynamic linebacker for your team for the foreseeable future might be, might be a good spot to, to take it. Um, so I think if, if it's Quasey in this position right now, using, you know, his, his numbers and, uh, analytics and whatnot, he probably goes corral, but we're going to change things up. We're going to take. Uh, Walker here with this pick. Any objections from you two? We're going for a running um, back? Uh, oh, no, Clay linebacker. Walker, um, linebacker. Um, yeah, I mean, not a huge objection. Again, I think Petre is probably a first-round talent in my opinion. I saw a lot of him play at uh, uh, against Oklahoma. He whooped up on Oklahoma this year, actually. Um, so i obviously not the hugest fan of him from that perspective. But a heck of a ball player. I think he's going to be a great nickel slash. Just uh, He plays more of that kind of like futuristic rover, so to speak, type of player in, in the Baylor offense. Again, I think, um, who was it? Uh, our, our local LSU fanboy, Mateo. Um, Mateo said that they used him a lot like uh, Honey Badger when he was at LSU, and I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just very versatile that way. So uh, I'm a big fan of the Petre pick, but you know, I just think that that position is more important right. than a linebacker. But to your point, linebacker is we're not we have nothing after this year outside of Kendrick. So, all right, Ryan well, signed off on it. And as we we come to our final pick because the Vikings don't have a fourth one, uh, a fourth round draft pick, and we are not, um, we are not taking trade offers. Decline. Get out of here, Giants. <laughs> Get out of here, Jets. Oh, they want us to trade uh, up. We'll, we will head to the seventy seventh pick, and I will let Ryan no. take it away for who's available. We should have <laughs> traded up. Why? We well, lost no. on Asamoah <laughs> and Bonito. No, Asamoah, we, you know, he, we wouldn't have taken him with the Quay Walker pick anyway. Um, all right, folks. So, uh, again, I, I listened to the Monday show as well, and they were sitting here with Travis Jones, and I think they ended up taking Travis Jones. Again, realistically, he's not going to be there at in the third round. Travis Jones is in Great talent at the D-tackle position. Absolute just beast and athletic beast at that, um, at the at the D-tackle position. I can't imagine him getting out of the second round, so I'm just going to pretend that he's not there because I just don't think that that's <laughs> realistic. Um, so taking a look at who else we have. So David Bell, um, wide receiver, Purdue, uh, comes from an offense that fed him the ball, so he got a lot of production this year. 
Um, I, I don't see him as a like any elite abilities in any certain way. I kind of see him as like a, I don't know, like a, a little better souped up version of Ola BC Johnson, which I know Matt, you love BC, so or at least you did for the seventh or seventh or sixth round pick that we uh, <laughs> took him for. So um, you know that that's something that we you know he, he's a good player, but I just don't see it long term. Uh, Calvin Austin the third, another receiver that just lightning bug um yeah and yeah again Bo, you you called it out great great after the catch and and a run after uh well uh you said oh freak raz okay so the relative athletic score um i I think that you know he's just again a lightning bug um again i don't know how refined he is in his route so he's maybe more of like a gadget kind of guy don't think that it would be a bad pick because we have two well, we have three really good route runners. I think um, KJ Osborne's kind of solidified himself in that as well. So having more of this kind of elusive, you know, offensive weapon wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, let's see here. Awante Taylor, Marcus Jones, I like a lot at corner. Um, there's some really good tight ends available. Um, yeah. Um, you know, we have Kate Otten that um, uh, Dave just put on the on the screen, Jeremy Ruckert. Um Here's the thing, we have we don't have anyone after after uh, Irv Smith, and Irv Smith's not necessarily the most reliable uh, in terms of health. I think tight end's a bigger need than most people say. Now I know we brought in that tight end from was it the Rams? Uh, who yeah. who knows? The coach, coaching staff loves Johnny him, Bob. but it was a relatively cheap deal. So you know we should be you know I don't think that we should be like depending on that. I'm a little bit bigger of a fan of Kate Otten than I am of Jeremy Ruckert. Just, I think they both uh, provide, I think that the dual purpose of what a tight end can do in terms of you need to be able to go and catch the ball and run some routes. But you also, if, if you can get an inline blocker, that's great. And I like Otten a little bit better as an inline blocker than I do Ruckert from what I've seen. Again, I haven't done <laughs> Um, done too much of a deep dive into my tight ends at this point in time. I need to get on that, but um, I've only looked at a couple of guys and some of the guys I looked at were more my analysis from last year. So my Weidermeyer uh, analysis was based on, uh, you know, last year, not uh, this past season. It was the year before that. And he's clearly um, struggled without uh, Kellen Mond. So um, I wouldn't mind. So let's see what these guys are saying. So they're asking for Wandale Robinson. I'm not sure if he's available. Um, I don't know if he's been picked. I wasn't watching too closely. Um, somebody said they like Austin. Um, let's see here. This Going looks like the sweet spot so for tight ends. Your best tight ends are right here. Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, Dan Henneman likes Jelani Woods, which I do too. If we had a fourth round pick, I think that's where he's probably his sweet spot is. Um, and I d- probably would take him. I even over Kate Otten potentially, but um, yeah, that, that, that's an interesting that's an interesting take there, Dan. I like that. Um, let's see here, Ohio State guy Jeremy Ruckert, Zach Taylor from Florida. Okay, okay. Well, what are you thinking, Matt? You know, I, I was sitting here, and a lot of these names not as familiar to me as they probably are to you. So I am going to defer to my co-host on the final pick of this mock draft evening. And the only thing good. I'll call out uh, is that in Thor Nystrom's mock draft a couple weeks ago, he did have Ed Ingram 
um, mocked to the Vikings uh, in the second round, I believe. So I feel like third round maybe is a, a good value for him. Um, but I'd also yeah. be okay with pretty much uh, any of the other guys that you've, you've mentioned. Had we not taken a, a linebacker with the last pick, I would have taken uh, the Wisconsin linebacker uh, in this position. Leo Chanel. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have minded Leo. I wouldn't have minded uh, Tyndall and I def- Beavers. And um, Troy Anderson is just an athletic freak. So that's somebody yeah. um, to kind of consider as well. Um, Dave, can you see? Can we just see what edges are available? Just because I think edge sure. is a bigger need than most people think. Um, I mean, I know – we, we have two starters, which is great. Again, one of those starters might be gone next year, just given the contract length and the, the kind of how that's, how that's built. Um, who, hopefully he's here for a while. Um, Sam Williams. I like Sam. Um, yeah. Nobody that I would be taking at this moment. Okay. Sorry about that. Dave. You know, I really think, you know, and then uh, interior offense alignment, Dave, can we just check that one out too? Lastly. Uh-huh. See, I just don't think Kennard really fits what we're doing. I think Fortner and West are, yeah, probably more fourth-round guys if we were having a trade-back situation. Uh, oh, yeah. See, you know what? I'm going to go a little bit nuts here. And I, somebody, Joe Shea, you had mentioned yeah. it. Where is Cole Strange? I'm a big Cole Strange fan. I think he's athletic <laughs> as heck. I think that he's nasty as heck. I think he's a mauler. I think we need that in our – I think we need that on our offensive line. I know we just brought in a ton of guys to compete for that right guard spot, but I'm a big fan. And you know what? I'm going with Cole Shea because I, I didn't drink the bourbon tonight with him. So we're going to go with his pick tonight. We're going to go with Cole Strange. <laughs> Cole Strange, it is. And, and there it is. That's, and we'll worry about tight end later. It's a little later. bit different. It's a little bit different than, than what we've probably seen from, from other mock drafts, but I'm okay with that. Uh, we, we get you know, the, what, What's fun about mock drafts is you just do weird stuff and see what works because you know what ends up happening in a real NFL draft? Weird stuff happens that has you scratching your head, and we're just trying <laughs> to prepare the people for that. And, again, who said it? Somebody mentioned on here that Lieber is hearing that linebacker will be taken early, right? So, Well, um, we just did that in the credible. second round. I yeah, can't see exactly. one going so, in the first, pre- but in the second I can see you. One. You better not see anyone going in the first. That'd be awful. <laughs> but um, yeah, a second round pick wouldn't be bad, Dave. I, and I know you like those thumpers. You like those linebackers. Oh, you like I those do. defense alignment and offense alignment. So uh, I yeah. think we did right by you in this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I can live with this. And the more I'm hearing about Stingley, um, the more I'm liking that choice. Yes, he was injured, but he looks to be fully healed. And if he's fully healed. Dude's going to rock. He'll be a starting corner for probably eight years. And and I I think we address some needs, but not just for now, but in the future, right? I mean, none of those interior offensive linemen that we have signed this year um, are long-term signings. So even if um, any of the guys that we picked up do work out, they're not here long-term. So having Cole Strange in here as kind of competition with Wyatt Davis and some of these other guys, I think is a positive here. Quay Walker, like you, we said, Jordan Hicks is not signed long-term. So if 
he decides to move on elsewhere with his career after this year. We have Quay Walker, who in his own right might beat Jordan Hicks out for that starting job. I mean, Quay Walker is a baller. And then, of course, again, everyone's going to be mixed on Stingley. Um, and just because, again, he's great 2019, 2020 had some injury issues, 2021 just absolutely hurt. So, yep. you know, you're, yep. So you're, you're literally, um, you're literally going off of, you know, pure potential there. But if you're taking a bet on potential, he's the guy to do it because he's shown elite tape and he's shown elite prowess. And again, as Matt said, you got the LSU connections, LSU coach is here now. You got the uh, Pat P you got Justin Jefferson, his buddy from that 2019 uh, championship team. So, you know, there's a lot of things going for it. I'll take those athletic traits over, you know, um, and, and potential over, you know, maybe a, a player with a little bit more polish in his game, but maybe has a lower ceiling. Oh, heck. And he could, and he's a perfect man cover corner. And that's what uh, Donatel wants to play. He can play zone. It's, it's got to be. Now, this is a good draft. I like this one. Perfect. Very well, cool. let's, let's end it there. I think, uh, I think we did a good job tonight, fellas. Uh, Kind of, kind of going on the seat of our pants there, but Ryan, uh, I want to, I want to thank you for filling the the fans in on, on kind of the quarterback class here this evening um, to the best of your ability. Uh, Dave, I know you had a lot of shuffling to do pre-show here to make all this kind of work, um, which so is a shame because I wanted to meet Chrissy. We are going to try to bring her back on. Yes, she's an we, outstanding we young, outstanding young lady. Uh, She's beat writer for the Mississippi State uh, Sports Illustrated. Yep. She works for, as Matt has said, NBC Sports Edge and the Draft Network. She's one of their experts. And she happens to be one that specializes in interviewing quarterbacks. And we know, yeah. especially when it comes up next year, we'll be looking at quarterbacks. <laughs> um. For everybody in the chat tonight, thank you very much. Um, next week, hoping to be live with Ryan at Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul again for one final show before we go live for our draft show the following week. So we'll have Deontay Lee from now. He's from The Athletic uh, on next week to talk about the defensive side of the ball, linebackers, edge, corners, safeties, you name it. We will talk about it next week. Um, and again, like I just mentioned, uh, don't forget, we're only a few weeks out from the Climb in the Pocket draft coverage. We will run live Thursday through Saturday, and day two will be live at Lake Monster Brewing. We'll have tons of giveaways, beer, um, hoping the weather's nice but, if, nice, but if not, you can come on inside, um, ask us some questions, and you'll get a ticket to get some free beer and some free merch from Lake Monster Brewing. So make sure you head on out to that. Um, I have nothing else for you, so thank you for coming tonight. Dave, uh, let the folks know what's coming up next, and we'll see everybody next week. Tomorrow night, we have Viking Hot Takes with the great Flip Mozzie and Eric uh, Thompson of the Daily Norseman. They're going to be asking all sorts of questions. I'd have to look. I've already got them because I got them from last week. And it should be another fun show with those guys. Flip, I'll just give you a warning. Flip has been in the mood lately. So you know he's going to be a little bit hot takey-ish. 
on uh, his stuff. It should be fantastic. Then, of course, on Saturday, you have myself and Darren as the two old bloggers, and we're getting into what realistically you can expect from the draft. We're looking at the numbers. Uh, who's going to start, who's not going to start, who's going to be, you know, make the Pro Bowl, who's not, and look at the percentages because they are less than what you actually think. But hopefully, Quasi and his analytics will bust that trend. What do we say, guys? Skull Vikes. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody.